Hey everyone, today is November 10th, 2022, and what a day on Wall Street. The Dow Jones Industrial Average was up over 1,200 points. NASDAQ really came a roaring back. At the same time, we saw a major crypto exchange completely bite the dust just one month after the founder was on the cover of Fortune magazine. Now, there is also inflation report, the financial stability report, and a lot of other things that we really need to unpack. And most importantly, how does this impact you and your future? What should you be doing right now to protect your wealth and or capture gains and or lean into the rally and recovery or worry more about a recession? We'll talk about all that. Remember, you can always watch this back on youtube.com forward slash Natalie Pace. Additionally, you can listen to it as a podcast on both Apple and Spotify. Go to nataliepace.com. You'll easily find the icon. Thank you for joining me. We will get started momentarily. All right. So um, as we discussed in the opening, Stocks really had a rally today. Of course, yesterday they really sank. So we've been on this bit of roller coaster and we're still down about 18% in the S&P 500. But here's what it looks like uh, from the January highs. Here's what it looks like for today. So the Dow Jones Industrial Average really soared the S&P 500, but it's really the NASDAQ that went up 7.3%. That was the big, huge rally. Now, we're going to talk about what that means for you because we also need to unpack the crypto exchange that completely bit the dust. That's going to have ripple effects all throughout at least the crypto sphere, but it could bleed over into other areas. As an example, I'll just give you a preview of coming attractions. We're gonna talk more about the crypto meltdown at the end of our call today, but I wanted to let you know one thing about it now. The partners include, it has sponsored an arena in Miami. So it's the Miami Heat. It has a sponsorship with Major League Baseball. Tom Brady, Giselle, Stephen Curry, Shaquille O'Neal, the Golden State Warriors, the Miami Heat, Mercedes, Naomi Osaka, Mr. Wonderful. So you can see that this is really going to affect more people and more organizations than people do realize. All right, I'm going to start and I'm also going to finish with what's it important and how is this going to impact you? The reason being that we still have a very high likelihood of a recession on the horizon. We still have a very high likelihood of rapidly increasing interest rates um, higher than they were expected. Of course, this year it went from zero to 4%, but we're expecting at least a 50 or 75% basis 
almost a, uh, 1% in December and more in 2023 because inflation is still hot. That is negative for stocks and positive for savers. So what are you supposed to do in that world? I will tell you, I would not have blind faith that somebody else is protecting you, particularly since we just got the report that there are liquidity strains in money market funds. Um, there's a potential for a run on bond funds, and there's even liquidity issues in treasury bills. What does that mean? Um, it means that there's more concern than most people are aware of because you're not reading reports about the financial stability report that was just issued. So what do you do about it? I think that's important for us to start with is that recessions in the 21st century have cost most investors more than half of their wealth. And so the most important thing that you can do is to make sure that you are properly protected, diversified. We're overweighting 20% safe in order to, because of the economic storms on the horizon. Now, what a financial advisor will often do is do a risk tolerance test on you. And look, granted, a lot of people are going to get that one right right now because they might be concerned about the economy or about their own budget. So they might be wanting to overweight safe anyway. We base our decisions on the economic outlook rather than our emotions, because our emotions are oftentimes on the wrong side of the trade. So we are overweighting safe 20% um, based on the odds of a recession coming. Now, um, how do you do, how do you know this? Well, you can actually go to our easy pie chart. We have an online web app, put in your age, it's already overweighting 20% safe for you. Put in your total annual income, leave the percent of your salary alone because everybody's supposed to put 10% into tax protected retirement accounts. And then just add up all that you have in your 401k, your IRA, any annuity that you have that's not yet annuitized, checking and savings, all of your liquid assets, not the equity in your home, just the liquid assets. And then you click on submit and it'll do the pie chart for you. So if you're 30, and you're making 100,000 a year, and your total list liquid assets are about 490,000, then it's going to say, hey, you know, you should be having only about $25,000 in each slice of 10 slices at risk. So about half of your wealth should be at risk in stocks, and half of it should be safe. Now, in today's world, the safe side is a concern because, yes, new investors are getting paid. The old bond investors are losing money. So it is tricky. And that's why we spend one full day on what's safe at our investor educational retreats. So again, if you want to learn about it, come to our retreat. Our next one's in January. You get the best price if you register by Sunday. Or you can get an unbiased second opinion from me where I can give you a blueprint that'll get you safe, protected, hot, and diversified. Your choice. You can reach out to our office at email info at nataliepace.com or by phone 310-430-2397. Now, let's go back to some of the data and why this is important for you to get it right right now. Um, again, most people are not subscribing to the financial stability report or reading the minutes of the FOMC and the press conferences. So the way that we know 
that interest rates are very likely to keep rising is that the Federal Reserve Board Chairman Jerome Powell told us so in the most recent FOMC press conference. And this is a quote. We still have some ways to go. Incoming data since our last meeting suggests that the ultimate level of interest rates will be higher than previously expected. So previously it was expected that this year they would go as high as 4.4%, meaning probably a 50 point basis point rate hike in on December 14th. And then next year they would really start to moderate and maybe only go up another 25 basis points. He's saying it's gonna be higher than that. So we know that interest rates are going to rise. Also, this is the financial stability report that's released twice a year. And there's a lot of information in this that people need to be aware of. Um, the cliff notes on this are that the um, equity asset valuations are still moderately high. Real estate is really high and they're concerned about that. The treasury bills liquidity issue is an issue and we need to talk about that. And bond funds are a problem and even the insurance companies. So there are certain areas that are less of less concern than they were last year and certain areas that are of greater concern than they were last year. Treasury bill liquidity being one of the areas that are greater concern. Money market funds have been an issue for over a year now. Uh, of a concern that there would be a run on them, that they might break the buck, that um, you're not earning anything. And in fact, because if you factor in the, the fees you're being charged and that they are riskier than you realize, then um, you know maybe that's not the safest place for your money. If you have a 401k, it may be more difficult for you to figure out what to do on the safe side. And that's why, you know, we really need to look at your options, but maybe keep the terms short and the credit worthiness high. That might mean if you can get a short term T-bill in there, that that might be uh, a good thing to try to look at. So those are some of the issues from the financial stability report. Now, when I say that the real estate prices are elevated, I think it's important to also realize a couple of things. So this is a report that just came out yesterday, or actually, the, sorry, this morning. I got it yesterday, but it was embargoed. Anyway, and so the, the headline is that home prices rose year over year. And this is where, you know, that lies, lies, uh, statistics and lies and damn lies. Yes, they did rise year over year, but they're actually lower than they were in January. So they're going down. And if interest rates keep rising and fewer people can afford to buy homes, real estate prices could drop precipitously if we enter a recession. And that's been the concern in that financial stability report. And it's our, we're already starting to see prices drop. So again, the headline says that prices are rising. It's not a lie because when you compare it year over year, it is going up. However, this is the single um, median single home existing home price was 398, whereas in June it was 416,000. That's down about 5%. So again, you know, reading uh, these kinds of reports without really understanding them 
or reading the Wall Street Journal, because a lot of times the media organizations are going to go with the headline of the press release and tell you about that rather than dig in and say, hey, by the way, that doesn't mean that real estate prices are actually going up. They're actually going down. So wisdom is the cure. Also, this is the uh, Warren Buffett's favorite measure of stocks. And as you can see by this measure, stocks are still very, very overvalued, even with the downturn. Of course, they were way overvalued in January, and now they've come down a little bit. Um, also, if we look at the CAPE ratio, which is uh, another way of looking at stock valuations, that one is right here believe oh it's probably right behind it okay here stocks are still pretty pricey so this is another way of looking and seeing how expensive stocks are but as you can see here before the dot-com recession when the nasdaq composite index lost up to 78 percent stocks were way overpriced and then in january we had stocks that were the second most overpriced historically even higher than the Great Depression in 1929. Now we're slightly lower than the Great Depression, but we're still pretty elevated. The average price earnings ratio is 17. And as you can see here on this CAPE, price earnings ratio is 27. So it's still very, very high. And what does that mean for stocks? Well, it means that it is a good idea for us to be overweighting safe. Because um, thinking that, you know, stocks are just going to go up, especially if they're overpriced and we may be looking at a recession, might be optimistic thinking. Recessions in the 21st century have cost investors sometimes more than half of their wealth. Uh, the dot-com recession, it was losses of 78% in the NASDAQ. It took 15 years to come back. The Great Recession, the Dow lost 55% and took about eight years to come back. So really important is to uh, protect yourself and also not to market time because people that try market timing tend to get it really wrong. They usually sell low and buy high. So you want to use the pie chart system with regular rebalancing. It helps to put you on the right side of the trade. Now, a few other things that I wanted to tell you about before we move on to examining more about how that um, crypto thing is gonna be an issue. We wanna talk a little bit more about some of the leverage that's going on because that is one of the concerns is that we have so much borrowing from the US federal government, from uh, you know consumers, from corporations. So those are all listed here in red, as you can see. And that could be an issue, especially as interest rates rise. So what I did is I just looked at the financial stability report and I wanted to highlight some of the things that really stood out for me. So real estate prices remain elevated. That's a, a strong word for them to use, which means really high. Borrowing by businesses is very high. And they're saying that um, even, you know, the with borrowing costs rising and inflation, that households may have an issue. That might mean first credit cards and then houses themselves. 
um, a non-bank financial sector. We just saw the meltdown of that crypto exchange. Uh, Short-term funding markets, so that's where they're talking about the problems with the money market funds, uh, bond funds, bank loan funds, and now stable coins. We saw um, that Tether broke the buck today. Also, uh, the liquidity conditions in treasuries. Now, this is more likely to affect people that have long already have long-term treasuries rather than people that are buying short-term treasury is new. So that's one of the reasons why we are not going all in. Like if you want to get that treasury I bond that's now paying uh, close to 7%, you know, that's one thing you can do, although you're only limited to $10,000 each year. Um, even the treasury bills are paying 4.7% um, for one year right now. And I still wouldn't go all in on it because we know the interest rates are going to go up on December 15th and they're very likely to go up again in 2023. So, you know, if you buy a little bit now and you keep some liquidity, i.e. money, you might be able to buy, you know, a short term treasury bill for 6% in just a few months. So keeping that liquidity, making sure that you're getting a new issuance rather than um, you know, buying a T-bill off of somebody else and also keeping the term short. All of these things would be key and avoiding the bond funds and maybe even money market funds. So other things from this financial stability report that businesses and households may be um, at risk, um, especially if we have a recession. Let me see if there's anything else. House prices could be very sensitive to shocks. Um, so mainly the risk in the treasury market is that you're going to get caught charged a higher fee than you might be counting on. And that could actually impact because you're only getting paid a 5% ROI. So that could really wipe out a lot of your returns. So these are things to know. And tips are illiquid and negative yielding right now. So I would steer clear of those. Also, I thought this was important because most people aren't aware that more than half of the investment grade debt is at the lowest rung. So there's a lot of companies that are not that credit worthy. A lot of people don't understand that Ford is a junk bond or, you know, and again, what happens with these heavily debt laden companies, they pay a high dividend and then they can't service it and they cut the dividend and then their stock drops and then they have to, you know, you're not getting paid and you lost a boatload of principles. So you have to be careful both on the bond side and on the stock side. We're actually doing value replacements for our value funds because in the US equities are much higher and the, and the yield is much lower. Some of the other nations, you know, you are getting a better uh, buying price and you're getting a much higher yield. The Australian ETF is giving you an 8% yield. The Peru ETF is giving you almost an 8% yield as well. So that's much higher than you're getting in the US and you're taking on a lot more credit risk than you might realize. So again, these are all things that you can learn about at the Investor Educational Retreat. So these are just some of the things that I was highlighting on the Financial Stability Report. But the main highlights on it are, you know, 
Look, over 75% of new homeowners are having buyer's remorse. So be careful if you're being sold hard into buying a home right now. Even last year, we were warning people, don't do the simple math. You might say, oh, well, my mortgage is going to be less than my rent is. But if you buy a house and it drops in value below your cost or your mortgage, then your credit score goes in the toilet and your life could really be hell for a very long time. So uh, also there's all homes always cost more than people realize. So you, and you get stuck there. So you really, really want to do a bigger analysis on that. There's an entire section on real estate in the ABCs of money. Be sure you're getting the fifth edition, but it also has 12 considerations that everybody who is interested in buying a home should be looking at. So again, go to nataliepace.com, scroll down, and when you see ABCs of Money book cover, click on it so that you are absolutely sure that you're going to get that fifth edition, all right? And the ebook, as you can see, is under five, five bucks. We try to make it very affordable for folks. So let's talk what's happening in crypto. And I do want to say that I do have a very new blog. I think I posted it yesterday on gold, silver, and crypto because they're all considered safe haven investments, but they haven't been very safe at all this year. And in fact, crypto is having what we're calling a crypto winter. So what can you do about it? The first thing that you should do about it, if you like these assets, gold, silver, crypto, that sort of thing, is that you need to learn more about them rather than just, you know, getting sold into them like, oh, the dollar is going to become worthless. Fiat cur currency is going to become worthless. This is the only thing that's going to be of value going forward. Those are people that might be getting paid as marketers to sell you into it. What you really want to do is have real information on the industries that you're interested in. And then also, as we said, use the hot slices rather than go all in. If you think that crypto is hot, get a slice of it. If you think silver's hot, get a slice of it. If it goes down, buy low. If your slice becomes 10 slices, sell high. You can still be, hold on for dear life, HODL, but rather than ride the roller coaster through the summers and the winters of crypto, why not capture gains at the high? And so you're trimming, you're not completely wiping it out, you're trimming and capturing gains. At the low, then you have all that liquidity and the emotional fortitude you need to buy low. So that's one of the strategies that you need to be aware of for crypto. But the other thing is, this issue that we have with, um, excuse me, with the uh, exchange that went just went belly up. And you can see here that I did mention it in my Twitter feed. So here's the guy. He was just featured on Fortune. And within a month, his FTX exchange crashed and burned. Now, there's a series of tweets that talk about it. Here's what he's had to say. I effed up and I should have done better. Here's what the company that was going to help him, try to help him when he was really going illiquid, but they discovered that he, they felt that he had mishandled customer funds. 
Now, if you go back to this picture of this guy, he's 30 years old. They were calling, I'm wondering if he's the next Warren Buffett. He was a billionaire. He's no longer a billionaire. That happened in 48 hours. And again, it's going to impact a lot of other people. As we saw, um, you know, when we were looking at, when we were looking at the number, uh, I mean, some of the people that were invested in this. So the partners, like all of these people are going to be impacted by this. And you hope that these are people that are, properly protected and diversified and not over invested in this FTX crypto exchange with a 30 year old CEO. A lot more due diligence should happen before you get too, too involved in that. So again, you can look at some of these um, tweets if you wish, but the bottom line on this is that first of all, the pie chart system itself is going to protect you a lot because if you decide that it's hot and you haven't done your due diligence, only a slice that you're losing rather than the whole banana. The other thing that's going to help a lot is that, you know, in general, there were a lot, a lot of red flags, a 30 year old CEO, and, you know, in a new industry that has these wild swings in it. And, um, you know, is based in the Bahamas. That's a red flag. So once you start to understand how to do due diligence and how to um, read red flags, then you might steer clear of some of these. Now, again, we are going to see fallout from this. And that's typically what happens in recessions is that you start seeing companies implode. You start seeing individuals become vilified as their companies implode. So, um, and that's why I say recessions don't just, you know, everybody's like waiting for the crash. It's not a crash. It's a series of unfortunate events. And after every unfortunate event, the markets tend to stabilize and they may go up at a thousand, twelve hundred points. And the day before that they were down 600 points they can go and wiggle around in there, but what tends to happen is that it's another event and then it goes down and then it stabilizes and goes up a little down a little and then it, another event will cause it to go down. We saw that in .com. We saw that in the Great Recession. Um, you know, I've had a lot of conferences where I talked about all those series of unfortunate events that happened in the Great Recession. But if you recall, you know, we had countrywide in 2007 and the markets continued to go to an all time high by October. And then, you know, we had the problems with Bear Stearns in early February of 2008. That brought the markets down a little bit. And by the time that Lehman declared bankruptcy in September of 2008, the Dow had already dropped about 45 percent. The low was 55% March of 2009, and we weren't the NBER that you know calls the recessions. They didn't call it until November of 2008 after all the tarp. Okay, so if you wait for the headlines, it's too late to protect yourself. All right, um, I'm going to go right into a quick question that came up because I wanted to show you guys how to look at this. Um, and, you know, of course, this is the 10 cent review, but we did have somebody that had sent in a question about a stock that she was interested in. Let me see if I pulled it up here. If not, 
Yes. So it's Corsair Gaming, C-R-S-R. -R. And this is obviously just the two cent analysis here. So the first thing that I'm most interested in on an individual stock is its year-over-year -year sales growth. So if we look at this particular company's year-over-year -year sales growth, I'm gonna just click on analysis and the um, MSN does a pretty good job of it. So you can see that their year-over-year -year sales growth is down. That's not a good sign. The next thing I did, I wanted to see why is it down? So if you go to Corsair Gaming website and you click on their investor relations, um, then you can look at their most recent press release, their most recent earnings release on the matter. So again, I'm going to the bottom so that I can go to investor relations. And once I get there, I'm just gonna look at their, um, can look at their news. You could also look at their earnings reports. So here we see that their most recent earnings report was just last week. And if you look at what they're saying about it, uh, you can see here that he said that they achieved some sequential growth, but it is down year over year. So the net revenue was 312 million this quarter. And the year ago, in the same quarter, it was 391. So it is down, right? It's higher than it was in the second quarter, but it's down from a year ago. And when the CEO talks about that, he says that it's a challenging environment. So those are words that should, you know, definitely influence whether or not you think that this is hot. Challenging environments are not exactly what we want to do to hear when we're thinking about a hot stock. We want to hear we're doing great because everybody wants us and we have uh, the capacity to build it and get it to them. And we're expecting that our next our earnings report is going to be even better than it was this time. Not, you know, we had a challenging environment. We did pretty well despite that. That makes sense. Obviously, the two cent analysis toward that end that points me to those of you who have not yet read my blog on Apple. So this is the most recent blog is on crypto, gold and silver. The one that I just completed was on Apple. Will Tad Lasso save Christmas? You really want to read that one because Apple issued a warning that they are going to be expecting, um, they still expect growth next quarter, year over year, but they're expecting it to moderate. And the last time that happened was in 2018, they stopped buying back their own stocks in December because they knew it was gonna be worse than expected. And then the markets dropped and we had the worst Christmas since the Great Depression. So it is an article that you want to read. All right. So again, we're here to help. And now is the time to know what you own, to know what's safe, to get safe, protected, hot, and diversified, to adopt a Thrive budget and find housing solutions that don't involve buying high in real estate or giving half of your income to the landlord. There are solutions you have to think outside the box. We're here to help. Again, call 310-430-2397 or email us at info at nataliepace.com. 
you can get housing solutions, budget solutions, investing solutions. All of this is mentioned in the ABCs of Money 5th edition. Um, uh, put your money where your heart is 2nd edition, the uh, tips that I use to earn the ranking of number one stock picker. Um, the power of 8 billion, it's up to us. It has a lot of budget tips. If you uh, follow a lot of the strategies there, you could end up saving thousands of dollars annually in your budget and do what's right for the planet. So thank you again for joining me and I'm gonna stop it here. I'll see what you guys have posted in the chat, uh, see if we need to address it and then I'll be closing out. Hang on one second. All right, so again, thank you so much for joining you, joining us. <laughs> it's Natalie Pace and um, we'll see you in December. If not before, you know, if anything is happening that we really need to discuss, I'll be on it.